Hello, my friends, and welcome back. You are listening to the Angel Face Magic Hour podcast, and I'm your host, Grace Lannon. I'm a psychic medium, an energy healer, an intuitive artist, a woman with many titles and many hats, and I'm excited to come to you today for part three of our Reiki series that we have been doing. So today we're going to talk a little bit to conclude our series. So if you have not been listening or you missed the last few episodes or this is your first episode, hello, hello. Thank you for listening so much. Um, We have been doing a multi-part series on energy healing specifically reiki the first part went into the history of reiki why are we using reiki what what the hell is reiki and then last week i talked to you guys a little bit about my journey from emotional wreck to where i am now and how reiki really played a huge role in me discovering um my own intuitive gifts, but also being able to heal from just toxic um, behavior patterns and also extremely supportive for me alongside my healing journey from a lot of physical health ailments that I was dealing with. So I dived really deep into that and went on a lot of tangents and stories. So of course, we ran out of time um, to give you guys kind of like the conclusion, like what happened like all that kind of toxic sludge stuff led you to Reiki but what happened when you started studying Reiki so today I want to talk more in depth about the attunement process for me personally and how I really saw Reiki open up my psychic gifts and how that led me to in turn teaching Reiki. I have a couple of classes going on as well so I'll give you guys a quick update and then we'll get into our main conversation. I have the Cosmic Mediumship Practice Circle coming up in February. I did change the dates on that. I had a conflict and I realized oh shit I can't do this date. Um, If you missed it and even if you didn't I'm gonna tell you again. I am hosting a mediumship practice circle. I started doing these last year. I've done, I think, three. And this will be um, the fourth time I'm doing this. So this is, um, it used to be called mediumship magic. So if you sign up in the past, it was called mediumship magic. Now it is called the cosmic mediumship practice circle. This is a six week practice circle. So we meet every week for six weeks on Zoom. And, um, we practice mediumship. My intention by calling it the Cosmic Mediumship Practice Circle is for us to build up our connection, communicating with spirit in all forms of, in all forms. So loved ones, ancestors, like more of that traditional mediumship, but also angels, spirit guides, cosmic energies, um, aliens, like all these kind of, um, I guess, more new age ideas like being able to do that in a stable way being able to do that in a grounded way safe way to be able to connect with these high vibrational energies of course any spirit is welcome to come through 
uh, my intention with this class is for people to get comfortable both receiving information uh, like intuitively, but also being able to give that information and share it with others. So in this group, we start the class each week with like a group kind of practice thing. So each week we work on a different element of mediumship where we'll do some practice exercises. So that's anywhere from breathing exercises to visualization to drawing to playing with tools and technologies. So I do a little bit of everything and then the second half of the class is the practice. So everyone in the group will get to practice both giving and receiving readings and we're going to be doing them in all sorts of different styles. So each week we'll work on a different kind of style of reading, being able to practice your mediumship skills, grow and gain mediumship skills. This is a circle for all levels of experience. So if you've never ever done anything like this before, you're welcome and you'll absolutely love the class and you won't feel overwhelmed. Don't worry. It's not like you have to be um, like Long Island medium. Like you don't have to have any experience. And you could also be someone who's literally a professional seeing clients right now and just wants that community and that practice and that ability to play with your mediumship in a way that's outside of what you normally do. Um, and being able to connect with, yeah, these more ethereal energies. My intention is for us to build up our, build up and strengthen our communication with our spirit guides so that our spirit guides can help assist us when we are connecting with other energies like loved ones, um, and other beings like earthbound spirits and other beings that are connected to the earth, being able to have our spirit guides almost as like a, support translator team and so this class is really focused on building that strength up so again it is six weeks I'm absolutely excited about this um, but I did yeah change the date so the dates now for the mediumship circle are starting on February 23rd so you have a little bit like to decide whether or not this works for you so it's February 3rd through March 30th so pretty much the whole month of March, we meet for six weeks starting in February 23rd. And this class is at 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. PST. If you want to sign up, you can sign up directly on my website or go to my Instagram and click the link in the bio. There'll be a link to sign up. I also have that Reiki class coming up. So I'm doing a Reiki 1 certification course. This is um, on starts February 12th through so it's February 12th, 19th, and 26th. So um, this is a six-hour class, but it's split over three consecutive Saturdays from 1 to 3 p.m. PST. And yeah, February 12th is the first day. One final class I have going on I'm very excited about is I'm doing another Celestial Journey Meditation class. This is also in February, so everything's coming up next month. This is um, February 12th, February 12th from 5 to 7 p.m. And that's on Zoom. And you can sign up for that if you go to my meetup group, Cosmic Seekers. And I will put all the links for all of those classes in the show notes. Make it super simple and easy for y'all. Let's get into our main conversation. Before we do so... 
here is a word from our sponsor. Okay, y'all. So this is part three of our Reiki series. What is Reiki energy healing? And today I'm going to be talking about my attunement process. So the attunement. What is the attunement? So I mentioned this a little bit in part one, I believe, but we're going to go into it again. And hopefully this allows you to understand what the process kind of looks like. So the attunement is essentially the initiation. The ceremony that allows you as the practitioner to be able to receive Reiki and be able to send out that Reiki to yourself and other people. So again, Reiki is an initiatory practice. So anyone who is practicing Reiki has received a Reiki attunement, otherwise they're not practicing Reiki. It does not mean they're not practicing energy healing. Like we said earlier, there's so many different types of energy healing and so many different types of Reiki energy healing. But if someone is practicing Reiki, that means they have received their attunement. So the attunement is a mystery process. So I'm not going to explain to you like in detail exactly what we do because it's a mystery. We're not supposed to tell you. Once you become a Reiki master, you learn to pass an attunement. That's what it means to perform the ceremony, perform the initiation. But before that, it is supposed to be a secret. Um, And it's not like, oh, we keep a secret because we're gatekeeping. Like the whole kind of purpose And this might not be in every initiatory practice, but in Reiki, one of the purposes, like the whole point of keeping the secret is to protect that mystery, yes, from outside viewers, from the outside world. And that was more important, like at the beginning of Reiki, um, coming into the Western world, um, just because at the time people were very judgmental. Um, they still are, but, and the mass majority of people are Christian. So something where there is some kind of, um, like secret within it is not because you don't deserve to know this unless you take this class and you pay this money. It was more from like a protection standpoint so that they could continue to teach this material outside of Um, like Christian standards like and like I said in part one I believe um, there are a lot of kind of like falsities about Usui being a Christian minister Um, and again I think that was to kind of fit in and be able to slide under the covers essentially and you can see that in a lot of other practices and religions Um, You can see that with certain aspects of Catholicism, being able to use um, rituals that were connected to older holidays that maybe people celebrated before they were forced into Catholicism, um, like back in the day day. Um, But also throughout the world, you can see cultural um, practices 
that kind of go under the guise of religion in order for people to like um in, in under the guise of Christian religion in order for people to uh not question what you're doing so you can see this in candle magic um and you can see this in the way that people use like certain um, prayers or certain um, passages in the Bible and in um, other religious texts in order to kind of uh, practice some of their older traditions uh, without essentially be getting in trouble or getting killed, <laughs> to be real. But, um, you know, as I said, Reiki is not that old. It is from like the 1920s. So there were a lot of issues culturally at the time, um, especially in the United States um, and of course throughout the world. But the like tensions between countries and all that, there was a lot of like um, heightened racism, bigotry, hatred towards, um, Japanese people. So having a technique that is coming from Japan, they did have to kind of, uh, mold it and meld it so that people could accept it. Um, and thankfully some of those things are changing, but we can still see the effects of those things every day in the United States and throughout the world. And I don't live in other countries, so I can't say for sure, but the United States is racist as fuck. And, um, it's still like that. So we do still kind of, we have so much more freedom spiritually to be able to practice and believe what we want. And we have freedom of speech I guess, but, um, it's like, um, I would say it's almost an unspoken rule that you have to fit into this guideline of what is a safe way to communicate with God, source, energy, like it's the man that between you and God, the priest or the, um, rabbi, like the the person who is between you you're not able to do that work yourself and so something like reiki where you're able to tap into source literally literally um that's very threatening because once we can expand our minds there's so much that we can see and unlearn and um you know the toxic toxic systems that we have in place um like in the United States, politically, uh, culturally, those can get questioned quite um, quickly once we start to see how truly powerful we are. And so I think certain things like, okay, we're just meditating, which every human person on the world has a right to do, like we're breathing, that is viewed as somehow outside of the norm and like um and even Christ some Christians not all not all but some Christians even believe things like yoga and meditation and definitely Reiki are demonic and evil and that in itself is a huge problem but it's also very much a uh white centered frame view framework 
like obviously I am a white person well not obviously if you've never seen me but probably obviously um so I can't say like the impact of how that feels but for people who are Christian to believe something like yoga um or Reiki especially yoga because it's thousand it's so many it's so old it's been around forever um Ayurveda like is I think it is I I'm not positive so I don't want to say for sure but I'm pretty sure it's one of the oldest forms of medicine in the world and so for them for people to project those things as evil is I think uh somewhat delusional to believe that um practices just because they're not connected to Jesus or to Christ doesn't mean they're not connected to source to God like it's all to me it's all the same like different words for the same thing and so to put that evil lens on anything that's outside of the church is a control mechanism I believe um and I think a lot of people don't understand that they're under that (laughs) control but alas so Reiki (laughs) I always got to go on always got to go on a quick rant but so Reiki is one like I said one of the main reasons for the attunement being a mystery is yeah that protection at the time um and just like being able to practice freely without judgment but also it is for the benefit of the practitioner because there is so much information it is extremely overwhelming it is extremely um daunting to be like here is all all of this out there esoteric wild information and the possibilities are endless and we can do distance healing we can connect with parts of ourselves we can go send energy through our eyes like there's so many interesting things that we can do with reiki but to go and to teach that all to you within one day would just be absolutely exhausting so keeping certain parts a mystery till you get to the next kind of like level is i think for the benefit of the practitioner so that they can okay i can learn this i can master this i can feel comfortable with this and then i can move on to more information so the reiki symbols were also viewed as kind of like a secret mystery of course now like we mentioned before a lot of books do have the images of the symbols published in them um and i don't have a positive or a negative feeling about that but um i see it as like if someone who isn't attuned to reiki sees the symbol i i don't think that's like bad <laughs> i don't think that's bad i think it's more like once we're attuned we're able to access the higher um energy of that symbol so if we can know how to use it we can utilize it like if it's just sitting there and we don't know how to use it then it's not active I see it like that like it's kind of turned off and turned on depending on if the person is ignited or attuned to Reiki so I see that as the same as anything like here is this guitar and someone could make an amazing badass song out of that um or someone could just 
it could just sit there and it could do nothing because they don't know how to play the guitar. So it's the same thing. Like you don't know how to use the symbol. So it's not going to work for you. Um, but I don't think it's like one of those things where if it, it has adverse effects, if people do not, uh, if people do not have a Reiki attunement, I don't believe that at all, but I think there are benefits to having the secret kind of mysteries within it because it does allow, yeah, for people to develop at their own pace. So when you receive your first attunement, what we are doing um, essentially is opening up certain energy centers within the body and clearing out our horror line. So our horror line is a, it's like a tube of light of energy that flows within us and connects us to the earth and um, like keeps us grounded in this physical time-based reality. So <laughs> the horror line is like a tube. If you were to see it in a visual way and um, it's not like it's, this is energy. So there, it's not a, a organ or like a body part. It's not like tangibly physically there, but the energy flows through it. So it's like a tube of light that flows from right underneath the belly button down to the center of the earth. And oftentimes when we're ungrounded, it's like there's clogs in there essentially. So it's really difficult for us to connect with the earth or feel grounded in our body or we might feel like all over the place. And um, that's totally normal to feel like that because there's so many factors at play that would make us feel ungrounded from the reality that we are in, the food we eat, the water, like our stress level, our emotions, like... Uh, drugs, drinking, like, you know, putting toxins in our body, but also things like emotional, um, connections, like things, uh, where like emotional relationships, like if we are in a toxic relationship that can affect our ability to be grounded in our body, because we're almost creating fight or flight, um, like energy within us just being ourselves because there is all this stuff around us and if you feel like that absolutely do not feel ashamed because that is normal to feel like that we don't want you to feel like that you don't want to feel drained and exhausted you want to feel grounded and positive but it's unrealistic to think that that is an all the time type of feeling so I just want to say that so people know like oh if I feel like ungrounded and I'm in a toxic relationship and I'm eating Mickey D's like I'm a bad person no you're not a bad person there is no measure of good or bad it's just about what is like what I'm trying to think of how to explain this it's not a measure of good or bad it's about what feels okay to you in the moment and we just have to do the best with what we know. So if you're always used to chaos in your life, that's what feels okay. So when stuff is going good, when stuff is feeling positive, it's really easy to sabotage that like subconsciously because you are not used to the frequency of peace, of stillness, of 
um, groundedness. So for me, once I did my attunement, it was, it was pretty jarring because my majority of my life, I felt very ungrounded. I felt very high in the sky, um, like all over the place. Just one of those people who's dropping shit all the time and like has 17 bags with like three things in them care, just like, um, overextended energy and so when I did my attunement it was like a whole kind of very much a shift for me personally because I don't think I was grounded my whole life it took me about a year into Reiki to feel grounded to feel like oh my god I'm in my body and I didn't even realize how powerful that was because I didn't know what it felt like to be in a body. I did not know what that sensation was. I did not know what peace or stillness or grounded or good feelings could feel like. So at first that felt a little bit scary to me, a little bit overwhelming. Like I remember I did my attunement and then I was just like, wanting to practice um so just searching like youtube like reiki videos like and i'm gonna make some my own because um i was searching for things that weren't there on the internet so i'm definitely gonna be making some of these videos that i think will be helpful for reiki students but i found this one video that was like bells every few minutes and so you could like practice reiki like um on yourself and it would just chime a bell every few minutes so you can know when to move your hands and so I remember trying that and once the Reiki started flowing through me it made me feel very nauseous it was strong and I that video kind of scared me and I stopped listening and I felt overwhelmed because it was such a different sensation for me to feel so when I first started practicing Reiki, I did, and I don't want to say this is going to be anyone's experience or to scare anyone because I think, I don't think this is everyone's experience. And I, I've had, um, a, I don't, I've had one student I remember feeling who felt nauseous after their attunement, but, um, I don't think this is everyone's experience, but I felt really nauseous when practicing. I would sometimes vomit. And I think for me, vomiting, as much as it is uncomfortable and disgusting and like bad for you, if you're like for your teeth and stuff, like I think that's one way that my body really expels energy because I've had several times in my life, um, when I received like a deep healing through myself as well as with other practitioners where I just like vomited a shit ton after I even even um as of recently I did a healing session I, I feel like I already told this story in the podcast so to be brief but I did a healing or maybe I, maybe I didn't maybe I didn't I'd be talking all the time so forgive me if I told this story already but I did a Reiki session for a friend and we went pretty deep and we did some really interesting stuff um, connected with some 
extraterrestrial energies. They had me do this interesting thing where I put like almost like a vest on them and they had me put something in this her brain. It was it was all all wild and weird um, and very powerful. And afterwards I threw up like threw up Um, and I've had other times where it's like I black out and vomit and I think that is just a way for my body personally to expel energy like that's the easiest way for it to come out Um, but I think there's other ways it can also come out that are a lot more pleasant but so after my attunement I did start feeling pretty nauseous I felt like I went through a big kind of like a detox period. Um, I was sweating a lot. I felt like I smelled bad <laughs> for like a little while. Um, I definitely saw a change in my skin. Like I've always had acne um, and then I got into aesthetics and I started understanding skin. I started taking better care of my skin. Um, and then, but I truly feel that the big change for my skin was Reiki. It was Reiki. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. Like, I did the attunement and I did get, I feel like I got like um, cystic acne. So, if you're not familiar with acne, cystic acne is deeper in your skin. Um, it's like those pimples that are almost painful. And it is a cyst, so there isn't like um, a head to it, like a little white head, like that little part that is a pustule. So a cyst doesn't have an opening to it, so it just creates like this deep pain underneath your skin. Cysts also take a really long time to um, rise to the surface of your skin. So I was getting all these deep cystic acne underneath my skin, which sometimes is related to hormonal imbalances not always sometimes it can be food or allergies or whatever there's so many different factors but I really feel like once I did the attunement I had these cystic pimples come up and then like a few weeks after that they were gone which that's kind of how it works if you don't fuck with them they'll leave like if you don't pick at them they will leave but it takes you know six weeks the skin cycle is quite long so um I had all these deep cystic acne and it like went away like I will get um some pimples around my period like around my hormonal cycle but I do not have that acne that I used to have I know of course I got older and acne is oftentimes believed to be like a teen issue but I was having this was like in my late 20s so I was I was having adult acne and I think the Reiki really helped me flush out and detox that I also had um this a reoccurring pain in my knee that we um talked about last episode and that one of the main things I've seen through the attunement process and through Reiki that has completely healed. So for me, I've seen a huge difference in the inflammation and the fluid in my body. So I felt like I was dehydrated after the attunement. I could not get enough water. And I had all these cravings for foods, like very specific foods. It was it was interesting. I felt like for the first time, 
I could hear my body talking to me because I felt like so long because of my pain and then also just like emotional disconnect and like dislike of my own body um I felt like I didn't hear it and when I heard it it was so painful that I would just tune it out that I couldn't hear like the other things like I didn't have hunger cues that's something I'm still working on is like learning to eat when I'm hungry because it's very easy for me to get caught up in what I'm doing I'm like oh I'm channeling or I'm drawing or I'm having this conversation and or I'm even fucking scrolling on TikTok and then I forget like to um eat so that's one of the things I'm really trying to get better at but through the attunement process I did notice I was starting to feel cravings and receive cravings and I feel like the only cravings I would receive before that would be like you know like stoner munchies like oh my god I need to eat this Taco Bell right now like or um candy or whatever like I didn't have a desire to enjoy food other than like uh yeah like that kind of little kid diet of like pizza and candy like and I think what was enjoyable about that wasn't even necessarily the food it was like the sugar high that I would get um so after my attunement process I started receiving like these cravings I remember especially green juice like I had to have green juice it was like so interesting um and I feel like I started to develop a way healthier relationship with my body and with food and with my pain and I was able to see um how I could use this energy to help myself in moments of need so when I would have anxiety I would use Reiki on myself when I had nausea I would use Reiki on myself so the the nausea I started experiencing after the attunement while performing Reiki, that was very brief. And I feel like that was a adjustment period for my body to be able to hold such a high frequency of light when it was absolutely not used to doing that at all. And also get my body used to be grounded, um, getting my body used used to being grounded within itself. Um, I remember daily, my Reiki teacher Miss Daily Little, um, she like taught me how to stand, like how to stand in my body because I felt like I was always standing in the most uh, uncomfortable positions. I hyperextended my knees. Um, I would shift my hips. I would just absolutely just be um, standing like on the sides of my feet, just like trying so hard to not be inside a body like there I did not have my feet on the ground literally I did not have my feet on the ground I was standing on the fucking sides of my feet so I know I went to um a Reiki share that Daly was holding 
So I believe that she does these online now. So check out her website, Healing Heart Reiki. I absolutely recommend. Um, but at the time they were in person Reiki shares. So what that meant is she would do kind of like a meditation in her office space. Um, and people would come and then we'd set out massage tables and people could practice Reiki on each other. So different students that she's taught throughout the years um, can come. Um, I think it was like donation. It's It was a really great experience. I went to a couple of them. And I remember we did Reiki. Um, and there was like four people. And we got to practice doing like a tandem Reiki experience. Of like one person lies on the table. And multiple people lay their hands on that person. And we also did like an Isis goddess invoking. Which... Now that I'm reflecting, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, we talk about Isis and my relationship um, with her. I know we talked about her a little bit in Daily's episode, which was just fascinating to me. So if you haven't listened to that episode, um, go back. I think it's Living a Magical Life, I think was the title with Daily. Um, she's just absolutely fascinating. So I could talk, listen to her talk for endless hours. But... She had us practice multiple people hands on and that was a really powerful experience for me. But what I remember so vividly learning that night was she she like literally showing me where to place my hips, where to place my knees so that I could have a grounded stance in my body while I was performing Reiki, not only like ergonomically like protect my body like so I'm not in pain while I'm like hunching over people like standing correctly but also how to ground my energy into my feet and into the earth and so through the attunement process I have seen um, such a difference in my relationship with my body being able to listen and like hear what my body wants and it's developed into I would I wouldn't I'm hesitant to say medical medium medical intuitive because obviously I'm not a doctor But it really has become um, a communication device between me and my body and between other people's bodies and me. Like I'll receive information a lot of the time about nutrients or things that would be helpful for people as well as myself. Like right now, um, I am on like a parsley kick. I'm on a parsley kick, not even because like, oh, yummy, yummy tastes so good. It's just like my body needs it. Um, And I don't know exactly what is in parsley that my body needs, but there is some kind of nutrient and it will come through a lot like that. Um, But I also have been able to develop my psychic sight more and more and more where I'm receiving and knowing things about the body that I don't know shit, you guys. Like... I know a little bit about anatomy and stuff from my training as an esthetician and massage and things like that. Um, And then I also went to art school. So I learned anatomy from like that perspective of like drawing. But like I did not do science class, you guys. As we heard on part two, I was a fucking drunk person, (laughs) a drunk high person. Like in high school, I skipped class. Hell of to drink. 
(laughs) and then eventually to smoke weed (laughs) once I stopped really drinking after I got in trouble like I talked about last week but like I science I didn't I didn't do science and then I I took science two years. Yeah, one of the years was the sophomore year when I was 15. And that was the year when I was drinking a lot. And I got in a lot of trouble all the time. And I was absolutely batshit. Um, struggling really hard. Struggling really hard. And that's when I started taking medication. And, you know, all these things were self-harming. Just It was a really bad time in my life. But because of that, I skipped a lot of school. And also because of that, even when I was there, I was daydreaming. I was thinking about other shit. I was doodling eyes in the borders of my pieces of paper and like writing rap, fucking rap lyrics that like were horrible probably because I thought I was really cool. Um, I was not paying attention. And then my last two years of high school... I ended up taking an extra art credit um, and I didn't take science. I took extra art, which was great because I'm an artist and I had amazing experiences, no regrets, but I didn't learn like, I never took chemistry. Only chemistry I know now, I do know a fair amount of chemistry now because of getting my esthetician's license, but that's all um, from the perspective of cosmetic chemistry and how things work on the skin. Um, so way different than like elements in the periodic table. I didn't take chemistry. I did not take physics. I just, that's just not the type of information that I like book smart learned, learned. Um, and then I went to art school and the only science class I took was the psychology class. And it was, it was pretty interesting, but I didn't take any other science classes. It was not required of me. Um, I think I took like some social science classes. I took a class about like Chicana, um, artwork and culture. And I took, yeah, some like other social science classes about American comedy and racism. That was a cool class. But anyway, I did not take like science. So through my entombment process and through my psyche development process, I'm like learning things about the body that I absolutely didn't know. I am learning things about the brain, like parts of the brain. This does that. I'm like, what? Never heard of that. Google it. Oh, indeed. That is exactly where the pituitary gland is. Okay. Like learning about the interstitium and like all these big words. I'm like, I don't know what this is. And then I'll Google it. And I'm like, oh, that is true. So it has helped me communicate with the body and um that has been helpful in client sessions as well not to say that I ever diagnose anyone with anything because that is not my job and I am not a doctor nor a mental health professional but I can tell you what spirit shows me and I ask that you get a referral (laughs) like you talk to someone which I have had clients do. Like, I'm like, oh, I think there's something going on with this. They go to the doctor. Oh, there's something going on with that. So, um, and I never say anything out of fear. And I'm never like, you're going to die or this is going to happen. It's all from a point of like, this could be beneficial for you. And if you try it, 
maybe you'll like it. Um, and then I think plants and medicines have so many other properties. So perhaps you're eating parsley right now for the nutrients in it, but maybe there is some kind of energetic component there too. What is parsley helping me with? I'll find out eventually, but at the moment I do not know. Um, so after I did my attunement, that really started opening up the body connection, the body communication. Then I started practicing more and eventually I did my second attunement. So I did my second attunement during the second attunement, um, uh, Reiki two training, you learn three of the Reiki symbols. So in traditional Reiki, there are four, sometimes five, depending on your, um, teacher. I learned five, um, symbols, but in Reiki two, you learn three of them. So there's, I'm not going to tell you the names of them. You got to take the class for that, but, um, I'll tell you generally what they're used for. So there is a power symbol. So an energy that kind of like allows you to enhance, um, whatever you're doing already that is very beneficial for physical healing. So, oh, I skinned my knee. Let me use a power symbol that's going to help, uh, speed up the healing process but also it's like your perception of the pain. So being able to relax the body so the body can heal itself. Um, then we have the emotional balance symbol. And so that one is very helpful for, yeah, a more emotional and mental healing. Um, it's also used for protection. Um, and it can also be used for, uh, in my experience, balancing the left and the right side of the body. So within the brain, but also within the physical body. Um, and then there is the distance healing symbol. So you learn the distance healing symbol, which allows you then to begin practicing distance healing. So that means you could do Reiki like I do over Zoom. You could do Reiki on the phone. You could do Reiki just thinking about it with your grandma who lives in Florida, like, and you're here in California, like, you can do distance healing as well to a point in time. So you can send Reiki um, back in time to like, oh, work on inner child healing. Or if you had a specific trauma that happened to you that you want to like, go back and like, send some healing to. Um, with this, it's not like we are um, changing timelines. What has what is done is done, but the way that you feel about it can change. So great shifts can happen um, emotionally and literally tangibly too sometimes, which is a little bit weird, but it does happen. <laughs> um, and even into future situations. So something that I love to teach is being able to send Reiki into future situations. So say you're going to do a um, presentation at work tomorrow and you're nervous. You could send Reiki to yourself in that situation when you are sending um, or when you are doing your presentation. So that way when you get into the presentation, excuse me, I'm getting the hiccups. Um, when you get into the presentation, you feel relaxed, you feel ready to go, you feel confident, you have that support. Um, and then you can also send 
distance Reiki into objects and into um into energies. So, for example, you could infuse Reiki into a podcast that you're listening to right now. But I do that into my meditations. I infuse them with Reiki with, within my own voice. So my voice is the activator. Um, we also do a technique called beaming where you, um, you're saying Reiki out your eyes so you can send it uh, like, for example, if someone was very touch sensitive or... Um, like they had an injury and you couldn't work on like physically touching that part of their body you could send reiki through the distance symbol or through um, the beaming technique into that area of the body as well as like sensitive areas like we obviously we don't touch someone's private areas we're not going to touch someone's genitals or their breasts or anything like that and reiki if that ever happens to you that is a violation that's normal not normal that is not normal also if anyone ever has you take your clothes off for reiki that is not normal not unless they're a dual massage reiki practitioner where they would be physically manipulating your body like in a massage um and then they also happen to be a reiki practitioner like i've done reiki with people um in my facials and they'll have, you know, their shirt is off because I do neck and shoulder massage. That's the typical way that people lie down underneath a blanket during a facial anyway. And and I would add Reiki. But if you're going to see someone that's just a Reiki practitioner, absolutely, there's no reason for you to be taking your clothes off. So if that ever happens, that is not normal. Please, please talk to someone. Please report someone. Um no one should ever make you feel violated in any way, um, especially in your healing process. That is a nightmare. And um, if that's ever happened to anyone, I'm sending you so much love. But I just want to say, obviously, we don't touch any private areas. But for example, if someone had breast pain, like um, from breastfeeding, or maybe they had cancer that they got over and they're in their healing process so they just got like a surgery or yeah even top surgery like in general um as well as like if people have period pain endometriosis any kind of like gynecological issues as well as male um reproductive issues you could work on that area of the body with the distance symbol um without touching that person at all like because that's not that's weird you're not going to do that (laughs) that's against our ethical code um so if you did want that area like focus on like you had pain or you had an issue it could be worked on with the distance symbol um and you can also infuse reiki into yeah objects like i said so for example you could put it into your food or water or um I make a, f- a protection spray that I use, like that's kind of like a Florida water type of thing, like a mist that I use in my room or um, like on person, like a perfume type of thing. But I infuse it with Reiki so that the Reiki helps me protect my energy, um, shield my energy. So you could put it into things, you could put it into like artwork that I think is absolutely really powerful and I've been playing around more and more with that and 
I have a few students that are artists, so I really much encourage them to. I've seen one of my one of my old students is doing that, and it's really really cool to see because you can feel the vibration of the energy flowing through looking at that looking at that piece. And if someone's not a Reiki practitioner, like, and they're very versed in energy, like they know how things go, like they might not know that that piece is infused with Reiki. But they feel absolutely fucking amazing when they look at it. They want to hang it up on their wall. They want to wear this shirt. They want this thing because it makes them feel good. And part of that is your magic and your um, creativity and the source energy that flows through you when you create your own artwork. But if you're infusing with Reiki and especially the distance symbol, um, it allows the continuous flow of unconditional love to flow to that person as they are observing the art piece or wearing it or maybe it's a necklace um you can also use crystals and that's something i teach in reiki too we talk um like a whole little unit about crystals because you can basically activate the crystals with reiki and so you can place the crystals on someone's body or you can create a crystal grid or you can place the crystals in your pocket. And it's like the distance symbol allows you to connect with the energy of the crystal itself. But then it also holds the frequency that you're like setting it up with. You're programming it essentially. So it's the same kind of thing as like... A computer program it's just um it's just an it's an object rather than an internal device but you're able to make it do what you want it to do and reiki and you can do this without reiki like this is like a witchcraft like practice like people will program crystals but reiki is just a way to enhance that and i have found such a deep connection to crystals through my Reiki practice. Um, I've always loved crystals and collected crystals. I remember, (laughs) I hope no one listens to this in my family, but I remember um, like my sibling getting a big amethyst crystal as a gift and I would always like steal it and put it in my room like when no one was home and then I put it back in their room because I was like I need this to be my crystal but now when I think about it, it's like oh I was I was like checking that vibration the amethyst was helpful to me like I was tuning in um but I didn't I was a sh- like literal elementary school I didn't have money to go buy crystals but um through my Reiki practice I feel like I'm able to develop that deeper connection with the crystals because I can utilize them for many different purposes and I feel like that allows me to hear the voices of the crystals I know that sounds weird but hear the voices of the crystals like feel them know them like know what they're good for like I could read the book the book and be like okay this is good for protection this is good for this But to be able to hold them, feel them, tune into them is so much more um, helpful in my experience. But I think everyone needs to start somewhere. So I love crystal books and I love to read the meanings. And 
for me it's also really cool to see what I receive intuitively and what someone else wrote about like blue lace agate um and to see if those things line up because sometimes okay maybe this crystal is good for you for this use but that's not like what most people use it for so with any form of magic or reiki or energy healing anything like that intuitive practice is the point intuitive practice is the point so reiki i love because it encourages that um there is a systemization of it that i teach and that's based off of the traditional um like i guess rearrangement of the original work from dr hayashi where he systemized it and made it into a step-by-step process and then later mrs takata made it into a shorter step-by-step process that allows people of any experience um, to be able to perform a perfect, amazing Reiki session, um, which is so powerful because someone can take a one-day class or a one-month class and they're ready to go. But the real joy and beauty is the development of your own connection and own ability to work with the energy in your own unique way. And so that really harkens back to um, Usui's original work, which was highly intuitive of place your hands where they need to go. And um, so being able to like utilize all these other tools in addition to Reiki, I think is really powerful because it allows you to stay in touch with your intuition. And I think Reiki is a really amazing foundation because it allows you to understand how energy works. It allows you to begin to develop that language, that trust, that understanding, and to know also that there is no wrong way of doing it. I call on Reiki and it's flowing through me. Um, whether I just got my attunement yesterday or I've been practicing for 35 years, Reiki is powerful. Reiki is endless source, frequency, light, unconditional love, God, whatever you want to um, describe a name to it. But essentially, it is energy that flows through all living things. And that is so cool because then there is no right no way that you can do it wrong there's no way you could follow the step-by-step process or you could do something completely different you could scream in your palms and maybe that would be the way that you work Everyone is different and that's why I love Reiki so much because it allows for our individuality within a system. Um, We don't have to follow every rule to do it. We can just trust our self and know where it's come from to understand why we're doing it. But then it allows us to develop our own, yeah, unique signature of energy frequency so it's very beautiful. I was reading a book last night and I really, really wish I had it with me right now so I could just read to you the quote from it. Um, but to paraphrase, because this was a really good example and I was like, oh, I need to start like using that example to explain Reiki. 
So this book is called Lightworker. Um, I've had it for years and I literally have never read it. So I put it in my bathroom and one of my favorite things to do is when I'm in the bathtub, like I'll just open up two different passages in a book, like not a novel because it wouldn't work with a novel, but books where there's not necessarily, you don't necessarily have to read it in story chronological order. And I'll just read like a few pages while I'm in the bath and then I'll soak and I'll do my whole spiritual bath thing. Um, that could be an episode in itself. I'd love to talk about spiritual baths. So here is my reminder to myself to do that. <laughs> so I hope you guys find that interesting. But um, essentially the passage was explaining what is energy like and what is like that light frequency, that healing energy. Um, because oftentimes it's hard to explain and conceptualize. But let's think about this. So when Reiki is flowing through us, the Reiki is turned on. When Reiki is not flowing through us, the Reiki is turned off. So when you receive your attunement, the Reiki is always flowing through you. But it's not like it's always on. So they explain this as like um, electricity. So your home, it has electricity in your home. If your home, the lights are on, the heat's on, the TV's on, like all the things are on. The electricity is flowing through the pathways and it's turned on and it's shining light. And you can see that light through the bulbs in the ceiling <laughs> and through the wires and the outlets and everything's working accordingly. But when you're not home, likely those lights are turned off. Like maybe some things are still plugged in, but the energy, even though we can't see it through the light, it's still flowing there. It's not like we like rip the electricity out of the building when we turn the lights off. It's always there. It's always present. It's just sometimes we can see it when we turn the lights on. So that's kind of like how Reiki works is once you receive the two mint, the Reiki is with you forever and ever 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 and ever. Not in a scary way, not in like you can't get rid of me way, but in like this is here with you, present, always God, source, frequency. It's able to flow through you and with you whenever you need it. So even if you received your attunement 15 years ago and you haven't practiced a day since, if you want to practice now, you can. You have every capability to do so. So we can turn it on and we can turn it off. So through my attunement process, I have yet developed a way deeper connection to my body as well as developing my intuition. Um, so after Reiki 2 attunement, again, we receive the symbols and um, we learn some other stuff as well. And then for me, and a lot of other people see, say this who are Reiki teachers or Reiki practitioners, um, so I know this is not only my experience, but after Reiki 2, I felt very much an opening in my psychic awareness, like blown open, not in a scary way, again, not in a scary way, but absolutely like, oh, I'm just peeling off all the veils that I put on when I was like in elementary school because I was too scared and it my mediumship just like happened <laughs> I was like oh okay I'm a medium now like it opened up 
I didn't realize I was a medium. It was not literally like, oh, I'm a medium now. I didn't realize for a while. And I think I've talked about this before, but Lauren Unger was the one who was like, you know, you're a medium, right? Um, so check out that episode with her. I love her always. Um, she was also my Holy Fire Reiki teacher. Um, but after that, it really opened up my psychic awareness as well as the mediumship. I, so we explain it somewhat in, in this way, at least this is how I explain it to students. Reiki one attunement is largely about the physical body. So you might have that detox like I did of just like, I'm going to throw up, I'm sweating a lot and I just need a fuck ton of greens and I need to like take care of my body. Like what was I doing? It's like a physical attunement, like getting your body prepared and ready to hold such a high frequency of energy, such a large amount of light and be able to as well transmute other people's energy for them through the healing process. Um, and then Reiki 2 attunement is largely more of like a mental and emotional attunement. So it's really clearing like um, a lot of space for you to begin to... Um, release some emotional baggage, connect more with your sense of self and identity and be able to have a little bit more stability within your um, mind as well. And then Reiki 3, Reiki Master Attunement is largely a spiritual attunement, like opening up your crown and your third eye even more and being able to connect with those ethereal energies uh, easily or more easy. So a lot of people do experience, um, when we clear a lot of that emotional mental stuff, um, opening up their intuition more because we can trust ourselves more when we don't have all these other things weighing us down and we can hear ourselves louder when we're not listening to everyone else telling us what to do. So for me, I experienced a very much, uh, heightening of my mediumship, and just like an activation of that ability. Because as I've mentioned on the podcast before, this has been something that's part of my life for a really long time. The mediumship, like that's just a innate thing that I'm able to do. But I didn't know I could do it. And I didn't know how I could do it. And I didn't know what the most effective way to do that. And I'm still learning that. And I know that will be a lifelong thing. Hence the Cosmic Mediumship Circle. Sign up. But <laughs> um, anyway, I want to share one little story from that experience and then we'll close out with our Reiki series. So I had a lot of fun kind of reminiscing on these um, thoughts and stories and be able to share a little bit of where I was and where I am now. So I remember vividly the first time a spirit came through in my Reiki sessions with a client. And that was when I started to realize this is a lot more for me than just sending energy. Like there are things here that want to be known and words for me to say, to give messages. Like this is getting interesting. (laughs) So I had a client come to my office to do a Reiki session. This was when I was doing in-person stuff more. Um, Pre-pandemic, this 
this was a while back, um, a while, while back, um, at the beginning of my practice and I had them lie down and we started doing the healing and about midway through, I started hearing some voices and I felt a presence at this point. I definitely, um, did not have any clairvoyant stuff coming through. That's been developing slowly over the last two years. So I felt a presence. I felt cold. Like all of a sudden I felt chills. I felt as if someone was standing like literally right next to me. Like when someone's like real close and you can feel like their belly on your back. Like that was the sensation I felt as if someone was standing like literally like, why are you so close to me? And I could feel, it wasn't like a breath that I could feel, but I could feel, um, I guess the movement of the heart. Like it felt like I could feel someone's chest going up and down behind me. And I started receiving some messages. I don't, I don't remember what they said, but that's not entirely, um, important to the story. But I remember hearing some messages about the client. And then I remember this person like describing themselves to me. Um, like the way that they look and like their relationship. They weren't like, I'm Bill and I'm Susie's uncle and I died in 1978 and blah, blah, blah. It wasn't like that detailed or anything. But they were like, they were saying like, the way they look um they were saying they didn't tell me their name but they told me the way they look and uh where they lived and um they did talk to me about their death they did talk to me about their death which it was a little hard to hear um because I just was not like expecting that I was like okay like okay didn't didn't know this was gonna happen today um and I started feeling emotional like I felt like I was gonna cry all the while my client's eyes are closed like I'm just placing my hands on their body standing reiki but all this is happening like to me as um to us of course like I'm sure they felt it in some way but to me as I was sending out the reiki to them and then at the end of the session And now when I'm doing stuff like that, if a spirit comes through, I will announce it. I will be like, okay, there's a spirit here. Like, because I'm comfortable with that now. And I know how, um, like how to talk about it. And also like people that come to see me probably also know that I do readings and stuff. So they might, it might not be like unexpected, but at the time I thought okay this is fucking weird how am I going to tell them this I don't want to make them sad or feel bad like but I also don't want to not say anything but also like do I sound crazy but also like they came for a Reiki session like what does this have to do with anything um and I felt very nervous to tell this person um even though they weren't like they weren't like expressing themselves in any way where I would would be to believe that they would think this is fucking weird you're psycho but I was scared I was still scared at that point to even 
talk about anything like that and to let it be known that this was my experience or to describe when I'm receiving that other people cannot see like I was too scared of being thought of as as crazy um or that like that's not what I came for like why are you telling me about this like I'm trying to relax like um and I think too like what I was coming from when I first started doing Reiki was like facials like doing skincare so like the Reiki the first few clients that I received was mainly just people wanting to relax to have like a nice kind of spa experience and it slowly developed into way more of a spiritual expansion type of clientele um but it was like intimidating for me to be like okay so here's the bill by the way there's this spirit and they died and I just felt like oh my god like how am I gonna tell this person but I did it I told them I definitely 100% did not tell all the details I don't think I talked about the details of the death because I felt like what was the point of that but now in reflection, um, I definitely would share that because sometimes that's the evidence that people require to know, oh, that was this person. Um, and to also know that, okay, they died this way, but they're they're at peace now. It's not like they're suffering. I think sometimes when we have um, tragic deaths or sudden, I mean, all deaths are tragic, but, you know, sudden deaths, unexpected deaths, like car crash or... Um, you know, a disease or something that like they had a painful death. Um, Sometimes it can be hard to talk about that stuff, but sometimes that is a way that spirit um, comes forward so that we know, okay, this is them and that, okay, they are okay now. They're at peace, even though they were in so much pain for so long. Like they're not in pain anymore. Like the pain is gone. Like when we die, the, the pain is gone. Physical pain is gone. Um, and so I told that person and they resonated. I think, I feel like they cried and like, it wasn't like a crying, like, ah, like, why did you tell me this is horrible? But they definitely resonated with what I said. And it was a really powerful experience for me to be able to share that information. And that's what kind of sparked me to know, okay, there's more information that's coming through. Um, And slowly through that beginning process, I started to receive way, way, way more psychic information about um, the client that I was working on. And that was a way for me. um, I think for for me, Reiki was a way that I was able to begin to read people's energy. And from there, I could learn how to um, like develop that language with energy and in tune, spirits are energy. So it helped me develop my ability to connect with the spirit. So all that to say, that's kind of my experience with the attunements and how much it has opened stuff up for me and really heightened my ability to be a intuitive practitioner, be able to help people with spiritual information and be able to bring forward messages and and stuff from the other side and from ethereal energies and be able to support people through their own psychic development and mediumship development journey 
So Reiki was really like what took me there, what got me there. So thank you for listening. I really enjoyed telling this story and I also want to encourage people if they are a Reiki practitioner or any kind of healing arts practitioner, if you start to receive some intuitive information, write that stuff down. Like for your clients, like write that stuff down. Like you might not be ready to tell them yet. And you could also ask permission. Like something came up um, in our session. Are you open to listening to it and be able to share that information with them? But also write that down for your own sake to be able to see your growth along the journey. Because maybe you start to receive information and it's just colors or it's just feelings, and then it develops into words, and then it develops into sentences and memories, and before you know it, it is like a full-on conversation. So being able to write all that stuff down is great for you to look back on, but also for you to um, solidify your like connection with spirit. So If you are acknowledging these connections, it allows them to uh, move forward quicker. So if you see a sign, you're like, oh, thank you for the sign. If you receive psychic information for your client, write it down. Like today I got this hit. I know that this comes came through. I felt the spirit. I felt this. I saw that. Um, Heard this. So that the spirit realm knows like you received the memo and that you're open and ready to receive more. So try it out. Check it out. If you want to study Reiki, you know where to find me. Again, we have that class coming up in February. And otherwise, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Angel Face Magic Hour subscribe, like, rate, review, do all the things. We love you, love you, love you. And please join me tomorrow night. If you hear this today, this comes out. Friday is tomorrow. Join me for my first ever YouTube live question and answer, talking all things magical and mystical. And otherwise, I will see you next week. Next week, we have an awesome episode lined up. So I'm really excited. This concludes our Reiki series. I do want to talk to you guys a little bit about Holy Fire Reiki, but we're going to leave that for another week because I have some great interviews lined up. So um, I'll leave that for another solo episode in the future and we can talk more about Holy Fire. So I love you. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.